Gardening Radio. I'm Ray Burton and welcome to another Let's Talk Gardening podcast. Our mission is to provide listeners with interesting, informative topics and up-to-date information. My co-host is Faya Caro, an award-winning gardener, horticulturalist and media presenter. Faye's passion is educating people. Oh, and she loves bugs a lot too. My passion is simply beautiful, healthy gardens. And together, each week, we cover many great gardening subjects. Saturday morning and here come the girls, Ray and Faye, with Let's Talk Gardening. Hello gardening friends and welcome to our happy place. You can call through any time between now and 10am with your gardening questions, queries, comments and jokes. And you can also email us gardening at curtainfm.com.au forever acknowledging the very clever, witty and sometimes a little bit naughty Alan Simons for today's Vibe Breakfast show. And a big shout out to our cycling DJ, Jim Crinan, for the cycling update just now. And uh, the multi-talented Jim shall return next Saturday. Good morning, Fakaro. Good morning, Ray. How's it going? It's very good. What sort of week have you had? A gardening week. Yeah, it looks like it from what (laughs) I am eyeballing in here at the moment. Oh, Ray, yesterday morning I woke up early. I wanted to get out and watch the bee eaters leave their tree and oh. they go before sunrise. Yeah. So the sound of birds starts around five o'clock, I think. Yeah. That was my call to action. And I gardened until 10. So I got in about five Got in hours. a lot. Got in a lot. And that's yeah. the secret. Like, yeah. you know, we keep complaining about how hot it is. Don't wait till nine o'clock to get, to out, get out there. there. Get Do out it. there. When the sun comes up, mm-hmm. enjoy the magnificent sunrise mm. and and just start pottering. I don't know that I achieved much, but boy, mm. I had a lovely time. Yeah. It it makes for a long day when you're up very early. Um, do you hit the sack early then? Uh, no. Do you have a nap oh, in the mid- nana nap in the middle of the day? I come in for meal breaks or coffee breaks. <laughs> I sit down, I check Facebook, I take yeah. photos, I edit photos, uh, do a little bit of work in the hot part of the day. So yeah. check up on emails and... Uh, that sort of thing. Mm. Sometimes if I'm tired, I will have a bit of a lay down. I'm entitled mm. to a nana nap these you days. Are. Um, but, yeah, I do tend to go to bed usually early-ish, yeah. sleep by 10, yeah, you, and yeah. then good to go. Good to go again, start all over. Yeah, I, I felt with this weather in this last week and continuing, I thought, is this the... Is this a straw that breaks the camel's back? From the perspective of our gardens just holding up, well, yes. It, what is it? Our third or fourth bout? Fourth, of I'm sure. Forty. Yeah, I've lost count. It is. It's tough, you know. But I tell you what, there are some things absolutely powering away there and are. thriving. Mm. And I think a tropical style garden <laughs> is one of those. You know, Quite the, right. the native plants are hanging in there. But I've also seen a shift ray. Like last week, I kind of mentioned that there was a bit of a change in the air and. At five o'clock in the morning, it's a little bit cool. You need a cardigan on, I reckon. Mm-hmm. So that gives the plants a, a little bit of relief mm. and they're, they're just turning. The roses are looking quite healthy and I've got thryptamine flowering. So, mm. you know, there is mm. that autumn weather's kicking in. I know it's, it's bouncing around a bit and mm. the days are still hot. 
But we cope better and the plants cope better when they get that little bit of a reprieve at night. And there was even a sea breeze, I think, at one stage this week. Okay. <laughs> I think you and I live on parallel universes, actually. But that that's, that's okay. Um, we are chatting at 20 past eight today with... Adrian Richardson. Now, this is an interesting new concept called The Blend. Uh, it's about mushrooms and mints. So we're going to learn all about that because most of us love our mushrooms. I know I do. And it's called The Blenditarian Movement. I love I love the concept behind this. Uh, so he must be a fun guy, Ray. Yeah, He's very much a fun guy. Good chef, bad chef, apparently. Yeah, so mm. uh, looking forward to having a chat and learning more about that. And it may encourage our listeners to go and uh, perhaps consider growing their own mushies. Well, it's inspired John to cook with mushrooms today. We have a savoury delight. I thought offer. that was a zucchini slice. Mm. And these added mushroom mushroom into it. and oh. roasted capsicum. I, threw, I got a bit of a preview. I throw mushrooms into everything, whether the recipe mm. asks for it or not. I add them in, which is probably... Not right. I can't help myself. I, I do throw mushrooms into most things I cook. Well, I throw mm. butter in with my mushrooms. I love oh, them yeah. on their own. But last night I saw something where water went into the pan to cook the mushrooms and then when the water uh, steamed off, then the butter was added. So okay. I guess that probably uses less butter, a bit more probably intricate. better for the us. The best tip for mushrooms in a fry pan is a little sprinkle of uh, Worcestershire sauce. Oh. No, seriously, it gives them an edge. Mm, Just a little sprinkle. Oh my goodness! And you don't, and a little bit of butter, uh, a bit of salt and pepper. What You're ab- in business. Let me tell you. Yeah. What about a bit of truffle oil? Oh that well, yeah. I love my truffle. Mm. And, and uh, one of our faves, Dr. Daryl Hardy, is joining us from twenty to nine. He will be in the studio for the rest of the program. We're talking pantry blitz, which is happening. And uh, very soon, if not now, and uh, trending pests. We'll get an update on the thrips, which are definitely out there, European wasps, lawn pests at the moment, and, of course, the uh, shot hole borer. And uh, it, to give people a reminder of not to move plant material about. So some important messages there. And we love having Daryl in the studio because he also is a very knowledgeable plant man enthusiast and we had the uh, good fortune of going to Daryl's home just before Christmas and wow were we inspired Mm. you definitely uh, came away with some great ideas but he's a big uh, tropical man ripsilus man and uh, he's very knowledgeable about gardening I mean yeah well he He can hold his own in the palm and cycad society for many years he's packed as much as you could possibly pack into a small property in Mount Hawthorne and the palms, cycads and jungle cactus look amazing. And today, Ray, he's bringing in for show and tell, for our benefit, a velvet palm. Oh, wow. Mm. Okay, I look forward to that. It's going to show off. And all right, and you've brought in some beautiful leaves, which I think is really interesting. Rather than bringing in flowers, I think there's nothing more spectacular than a vase filled with leaves of colours and textures. And I know. Well, I was asked this week, uh, a friend of mine wanted something to put in a vase. And I thought, well, if you're going to put something in a vase, there's a lot of plants right now that grow easily from cuttings. So I wandered around the garden and thought of all the things I <laughs> I picked a lot of things, Ray. I, I picked uh, cuttings of 
my devil's ivy, the pothos, the variegated yeah. ones, are uh, syngoniums which were trailing down. And I got out all my vases and jugs, filled them up with water. I cut some dracaena. And I put three of those into a vase and at different they, heights. They stay in the vase for a very long time. Exactly. Unlike flowers in this weather. Mm. Exactly. And they will grow roots. And yeah. um, so what else did I get? There was also, you can take cuttings of your monstera or your philodendrons. These aroid leaves, you, you cut the top of them, put them in water, and you've got an instant display mm. and it will grow roots. So you can pot them on later. Yeah. But this morning I went out. Oh, another one was this golf sticks plant. So I pulled up a root of that. I'm not familiar with that one. Really? Golf stick plant. See, this is something that I put in my garden probably close to 20 years ago. A golf stick plant. And it's getting quite a lot of sun. The leaves are long, like a golf club kind of. Right. Um, Glossy, green beautiful foliage for a vase but I pulled up a rooted bit and just stuck the plant it's only really got three leaves but they're long and green and glossy and that looks stunning in a vase what what family is that tenanthe c-t-e-n-a-n-t-h-e so you know maybe I'll get out there and start potting up some of those because that is just so tough and hardy it's naturalized in the garden yeah and is doing very well great color it sure is. Um, and, yes, if that that continues to, to root, then that can go into a pot later. But these ones I've just um, – leaves of ruscus, ruscus, which lasts for months. Yeah. Uh, one of the, the common ferns that just runs along the ground. And the beautiful little monstera leaves. I do love the, the dwarf, is it? I've got three different types, yeah. I think. Um Mm. So, yes, who knows? There's so many of them now. And, Ray, yeah. look at these strelitzia leaves. And these so are the showing. new growth. And they've got a stunning red stripe down the middle. Right down the middle. So I thought, well, you you can have a bit of fun oh, I when you get will. home. Thank you very, very much. And I guess we should be encouraging some calls to come through. Nine four eight four one nine two seven. We have uh, fabulous giveaways again today. Oh, my goodness. Where do we start? But we have another smart irrigation controller to give away. Now, this is by Rainbird Australia. Rainbird Australia. It's an R. ZXE8 station domestic irrigation controller. It includes a Wi-Fi dongle and a WR2 wireless rain sensor. Retail value of more than $800. And what we've decided to do, I'm going to mention this as many times as I can fit in today, is we're just going to ask you to register with us. In the past, we've given away some irrigation controllers, some smart irrigation controllers, and we wanted a little story. Some of you gave us one, some of you just gave us your details. So what we're going to do is open this up to all members and if you've already entered for a previous irrigation controller uh, we're going to grab your name and put it into our bucket or our watering can or whatever we choose to draw the winner out with next week so we are sending you all to gardening at curtainfm.com.au you must go to gardening at curtainfm.com.au And just register your details. We're going to collect everybody's details throughout the week from today. And next Saturday, I will get John, if you like, to come into the studio and pull the winner out of the watering can. How does that sound? (laughs) And we'll give you more details about this incredible uh, irrigation controller 
obviously Wi-Fi operated. We've been, the spotlight has been on these types of products, gadgets, gizmos, whatever you want to call it, uh, of late. I have one, not this particular one, but I have one and I absolutely love it. I was talking to my uh, lawn contractor last night on text and he's coming today to do something and he said to me, but you need to be home because I'm putting something on it and it needs to be watered in straight away. And I'm saying, I don't need to be home. I could be out oh. shopping. I said, just send me a text. I turn the, I can I can do that for you. Perfect. He said, you've got to water this, what he's putting on my lawn in straight away. Because I was contacted during the week by Garden Gurus and they want to do a little segment about the irrigation controller that I have, a car, Darren Senor, and they asked if they can use my place as a venue. And I'm happy for them to do that, but... My, my garden is not looking at its best with the heat. You know, there's things that I know are dead in my garden and things that need cutting down. I can't touch them. Mm. It's it's a little bit skanky. And I said that to the girl. I said, you're welcome, but things aren't entirely fabulous mm. and I'm not prepared to cut things down at the moment or prune things. And a lot of things are screaming out for it, but there's nothing you can do in this heat. It'll just make the problem worse. So, yeah, so they're going to come next week and do a little ditty and uh, talk about a, a, another controller and showcase that obviously on the Garden Gurus program. So one more thing. So I thought, oh, I better get my lawn into gear. So my good <laughs> lawn contractor is coming out today to to uh, zhuzh things up a little bit for me so that at least the lawn looks a bit specky. So you're going to have How a busy week, sound? Ray, because I know when someone's coming, it's a call to action, it's isn't a, it? It's a big call to action and a big, a, a fair bit of pressure as well. Okay, let's head to uh, Bateman. We're chatting with Mary. Good morning, Mary. How's it going? Good, thank you. And how are you? Oh, just catching my breath. We talk a lot in here. <laughs> And what I'm ringing up about is my butternut pumpkins. When do I know to pick them? Where, okay. where, how do I know that's All right. they're right? They will um, increase in size and they will change colour and the vine may start to die down and the stem withers. So it goes dry oh. around the stem. Now, don't cut it too close to the pumpkin. Cut it right. mm, probably about three or four centimetres away. Because if you do cut it too close or if it breaks off, you can get rot in there. And those pumpkins will store for months and months. Months, Yes, I've got some and they're quite big and some are a bit turning yellow and some are still a bit greenish mm. looking. And uh, so I'll just leave them until the vine dies off a bit and uh, yes, and still putting new ones on. I've still got, right. I've got heaps of them. And you can leave them for many weeks, like unless you're in a hurry to, I mean, you, you might try the the most mature one and see what that's like. Um, you know, I think when they grow them commercially, they might even leave them out in the paddock for the, oh, the yeah. uh, cooler weather to harden off. But we right. tend to want to pick them and to get that space back and grow something else in our gardens, don't we? <laughs> Yes, well, I might leave them seeing it's so hot. It's a bit mm. hot to plant anything else. I might just let them go. So oh, that'll be fine. And also another quick question. We've got some mangoes for the first time. When do I know they're ripe? When they change colour as well? They will change colour. And colour. just um, keep your eye on the ball because I imagine birds might come in and or rats yeah. if you've got yes, them. Yes, I've, mm. I've heard that, yeah. So I'll just, when they're all, all yellowy colour, I can pick them. Mm. Yes, or if you've yeah. got lots and lots, you could even pick them green and make chutneys with them. 
Oh, no, we've only got eight, and they're precious. Yes, (laughs) I bet so, Mary. Mm. No, no, that'll be good. No, that's great. Thank you for that. You're welcome. All right, very exciting. Well done, Mary. Thank thank you. See Bye. you. Bye for now. All right, we're going to have a short break. When we return, we are chatting with Rosemary about striking philodendrons. Radio. And it's a hot one today, but it's all happening here at Let's Talk Gardening. Straight back out to Rosemary. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, ladies. Love your show. Oh, thank you, Rosemary. Um, <laughs> you spoke about monsteria and philodendron. Was it only the one that you can strike? Oh, no. In any oh. or all of them. And these are part of the aroid family, Rosemary, but they all grow very, very easily from cuttings. So, so how do we. If you cut below a node, that is where the roots will come oh. from. Oh, yes, 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 true. So some of them have very big leaves, so I would reduce the number of leaves. Um, But, yes, any of our philodendrons and many of the aroids will strike easily from cutting below a node. A node. So do I put it in water or in soil? Well, most of mine I've done in soil, but you can pop it into a vase and just enjoy it in indoors yes. when it takes root yes. you can then later put it into a pot sounds so good <laughs> all right are good have yes. fun rosemary yes. thank you girls bye. all right bye cheers for them and as we mentioned earlier we're chatting with adrian richardson we're discussing the blend which is a new campaign about mushrooms and mints adrian good morning you're with ray and fave very good morning to the both of you, and I hope you're enjoying that beautiful hot weather you have in Perth, because where I am, in my part of the world, it's always miserable and cold and rainy. Whereabouts are you, Adrian? I'm in Sydney at the moment, but I normally live in uh, in Melbourne, and um, mm. every time I look at the weather in Perth, it looks glorious. Oh, I'd swap uh, with you any day, Squire. <laughs> okay. But, um, it's fantastic over here, and I love Perth. It's a great place. It is, and we're getting beautiful balmy nights at the moment. Oh, fantastic. Now, I was listening to the previous caller who uh, was talking about the cuttings. Um, I call them stealings because you go around at night time and you cut, take all the cuttings from everyone else and then you get to grow it all yourself. Oh, you're naughty. Very naughty boy, Adrian, oh. but I'm sure a lot of gardeners do that. <laughs> <laughs> I know where all the lemon trees are, all the bay trees, all the rosemary, <laughs> you name it. I know where all these things are in my area and I sneak out. We're going to take the dogs for a walk with a bag and some secateurs. There we go. <laughs> Right, that's just enough a, of little, that. Just we're, a little sample here and there. We're spreading good yeah. news here. <laughs> oh, well, tell, tell us about the blenditarian movement, Adrian. Well, everyone knows me for being a, a meat lover. I cook meat and I really love meat. But, you know, it's something I've been doing a while, for, for a long time now, and we've just given it a name, the blenditarian, because basically what we're doing is to, to improve our nutrition because everyone says we should eat less meat, yeah. you know, yada, 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 but we still want the flavour of our lovely dishes. So, you know, we've been able to put together, um, you know, if you take something as simple as minced meat and if you add, you know, 20 or 30% of blended mushrooms, and by blending I mean you just chop it up with a knife nice and fine, great for learning knife skills, but you can put it in your food processor, give it a whiz, and then mix it with the mint. And you can do that by hand or with a spoon. Um, mm. If you've got kids that are doing it, it's a great little one for them to do as well. But by mixing it together, you get that lovely mushroom flavour 
with the meat, so it almost tastes a little bit meatier, but you're eating more veggies, and that's what it's all about. Yeah, oh, that's fantastic. Clever. Now, John, our researcher, asks, are mushrooms considered diet food? <laughs> What's that word, diet? I, I, I know. I'm a, I'm a chef. My job is to make it flavoursome and delicious. That's what it's about. Um, I, you know, I don't care how long you live, as long as you enjoy the last meal that you ate. That's a- yeah. <laughs> well, often, on you, often the thing about mushrooms and the ones found on front lawn mm. may be the ones you last eat. <laughs> ah, yes, yes. And there's apparently the other mushrooms that... Um, make you see, you know, crazy things and stuff. And that's why we say the best way to get your mushrooms is from your fruit and veg shop or your supermarket. And then you know what you're putting in your mouth is safe to eat. And that's really important. Exactly. So what, what signature recipes can you impart with us today? Look, I mean, some of the things that we've been doing, I mean, people... You know, and it's a great way to start with, you know, if you want to make a bolognese, which I do a lot, I'll chop up the mushrooms, um, use a little bit less mint and um, about 20 or 30% mushrooms, mm. and you sweat it off with onion and garlic, some olive oil in there, some butter, you know, a good splush of red wine into your glass to make sure the chef stays nice and happy, and then some tomato um, passata in there, let it simmer away, and you have that really simple bolognese sauce with lots of flavour. But, you know, you can do things, if, you know, if you're talking to kids, you know, you can make burgers and put mushrooms in there, blend it with mushrooms, tacos. Um, I even make polpetti, which is sort of uh, tiny little meatballs, and I'll cook them with sauce, either serve them with polenta or some mm. pasta. But, you know, it's about taking what we normally um, cook and just adding mushrooms. It's as simple as that, and that's what it's all about. Mm. Well, yes, yeah, good idea. And I did see a photo of the burgers the other day that looked mouth-watering with the mushroom in the mince. Exactly. And, you know, and what I find with the mushrooms, they retain a lot of moisture as well. So, you know, when you are cooking something like a burger, if you do overcook it a little bit, the mushrooms retain that moisture so that when you bite into that burger, it is delicious. And I always say with a burger, a really good burger is measured by the amount of juices... That Running down your chin. Around. And drip off your elbows yeah. and your chin as well. That's what a good burger is all about. And I'm reading here where it say, says that mushrooms have 88% less calories than the same portion of lean red minced meat. So that's amazing. Exactly. And, and you know, we, we all know enough about nutrition to know that we should eat more vegetables. And that's what, you know, growing vegetables in your garden is the best way to have nutrition in your diet. And, you know, mushrooms are a great source of nutrition and it's just a matter of mixing it together and trying it with a mint and you can make just about any sort of flavouring and you're eating stuff that's healthy and delicious and that's what it's about, isn't it? It's sort of, um, and just thinking off the top of my head as well, mushrooms have always been called the vegetarian meat, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, I've, I've cooked for a lot of uh, vegetarians. You know, when, you, when someone comes around and they donate meat yeah. and you're having a barbecue, you know, a nice big field mushroom, you know, with some onion, some garlic and some thyme over it, drizzle with olive oil, put it on the barbecue, probably away from where all the rest of the yep. meat is cooking, mm. um, or you put some baking paper under it, and it makes a really nice burger. I mean, meat's great, we love eating it, but, you know, there's so many other things we can cook to make, you know, our meals delicious and healthy as well. Great alternative, and, and better on the hip pocket as well. Exactly. <laughs> you know, we're all trying to save a couple of dollars here and there, and, you know, Minced meat's a great, cheap old, you know, it is a cheaper cut of meat. And the thing about minced meat is 
it helps to utilize the entire animal. You know, we've got yeah, 28 mates, you know, an animal is dispatched and we chop it up. Um, but if we use the, the secondary cuts and the mints and those sorts of things, we add value to it and we make sure that that entire animal is utilized and that's what it's about. Yeah, I like that as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I know coming into the new year, I always look for how to live lighter on the planet and this year I sort of put the word out to my network and I I was uh, challenged to maybe go vegetarian uh, and cut out the meat but I, I can't quite go there yet but this is a, a good way to ease into it. Exactly. You know, and I, I, I think that we eat too much meat. It's just an yep. easy, you know, you grab a steak or a piece of chicken or whatever, you throw it, cook it and, and you know, and it's easy. But Cooking vegetables requires a little bit of thought, a little bit of technique, and it's amazing the different dishes that you can make um, by utilising all the vegetables that are in your garden or in your, you know, in your fridge or in the supermarket. And you know, if you want to find out if you if you haven't cooked something like eggplant or mushrooms, you know, it's just a matter of getting on YouTube or looking up a recipe. Yeah, you can have some great success, and you know, it's cheap and easy and really nutritious, and that's what it's about for me. Adrian, where can people follow you for for more recipes? Um, you can go to blendatarian.com.au um, and they'll uh, download all the recipes from there. Or if you just Google Adrian Richardson, we'll, I'll pop up somewhere and I'll have, you know, a mountain of recipes that you can blend um, to make delicious meals. And any other recipes that I have are all to share with everyone else. For me, a recipe is for everyone. Mm. That's how we feel about gardening. <laughs> I, 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 gardening is fantastic. I've, um, you know, when everything shut down for the last couple of years, I've spent a lot of time in my garden, and I don't, you know, I love it. It's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. My mother was a gardener. My grandmother, the whole family garden, and now I see, now I get it. You know, mm. a little bit of love and a little bit of effort, and you can have a beautiful flowering garden or green leaves, whatever you want. You can have, and it's a beautiful way to spend your day. And so has it taken a pandemic for you to learn that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, I sort of knew it beforehand, you know, growing herds. But it it took, uh, you know, because I have restaurants, um, you know, we could work, everything shut down Mm. in in, in Victoria. So Mm. actually I had a lot of time to spend in the garden, a lot of time to spend with my teenage sons, which was fantastic, and a lot of time to stop and think that, you know, we rush around and run around and do all these things and we're always busy. Sometimes, you know, sitting down in the backyard, having a coffee or a cup of tea yes. and having a look at the garden and, you know, pulling off a few bugs and, and spending that time, it really relaxes you and makes you feel nice and comfortable. That's what I love about it. Yeah, very therapeutic, I find. Exactly. You don't need to go to a doctor. Just go sit in the backyard and have a cup of, cup of tea. And exactly. uh, hard question, do you grow your own mushrooms yet or working on it? I have grown uh, mushrooms before. There's um, one of my uh, suppliers, the mushroom does. So he uh, would bring me uh, a, a bag and I uh, would put them out in the garage and let them grow. Mushrooms are incredible. You know, that you have the first flush of mushrooms where they, you know, they, they come, you get, you know, the first amount. The second flush is always the bigger one. And then it sort of goes from there. About four flushes of mushrooms. It's amazing, amazing. Amazing creatures, uh, yeah. mushrooms. They yeah. um, the way they grow, and there's so many different types of them. Um, it, it's incredible. I've been I've been able to go into uh, 
mushroom, I would call them farms or factories. They're like big hothouses, I suppose, that are dark and steamy. And you've got oyster mushrooms, shiitake mushrooms, anaki mushrooms. There are so many different types of mushrooms that you can buy. Yeah. And they are really, really interesting. They've got textures and flavors, and you can apply them to so many recipes. So what I advise people to do is when you go to, a, to, to, to the supermarket or to your veg supplier, buy something, buy a mushroom that you haven't tried before. Yes. But, you know, a little bit of that, give it a go, and I think you'll be, you'll be surprised at how delicious they are. Adrian, I've got another tip for you. Next time it rains, get out into the garden quickly and have a look at the base of tree trunks and rotting logs and just see what you can see as far as fungi goes because that is often when the fruiting bodies emerge. But there's also slime moulds out there, and they are amazing. So something to look out for when you've got a few moments in the garden after wet weather. I I will, and it's amazing how how important um, fungi fungi is for for keeping plants alive. There's there's some crazy stuff going on in nature, and mushrooms or fungus is a really important part of it. So I will be um, scratching around the bottom of the trees looking for that. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll be doing that for you. (laughs) Good, good work. All right. Thank you very much for your time today. Absolute pleasure. And I would love to speak to you anytime about gardening, mushrooms or food, whatever you want. I've I've enjoyed today. Thank you. Thank you so much, Adrian. And uh, yeah, we will certainly be spreading the word uh, for you on the Blenditarian movement. We love it. Thank you. Great concept. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye. Cheers for that. Bye. And that was Adrian Richardson uh, representing the Blend, a new campaign on mushroom and mince from Good Chef, Bad Chef. And so... Yeah, he, he gives you some ideas and I love these mm. ideas. And I think I love the idea of, yeah, as he's saying, utilising mince, which is then incorporating no wastage, you know, of, of, of an animal. And so I like the idea of saving money too. Well, I love mushrooms, but yes, mm. adding adding those extra vegetables yeah. uh, in and of course iron because they're so high in iron. And I think these days more and more we all know someone or have someone in our immediate family that is vegetarian and it is always a bit, you know, scratch your head about if you want to have them for a meal, what do you actually cook for them? Quite often they end up having their own, separate, bring their own, mm. you know. But maybe, um, maybe we need to challenge ourselves to go vegetarian once a week and, and share Well, I like ideas. that idea. I, I'm sort of borderline. I think I could go there quite mm. easily. Yeah, and as he said, it is a bit of laziness. Throw a piece of chicken or, you know, a steak, steak or whatever, and we throw something with it, a salad or a veg. Well, and there's dinner, you see, and it's thoughtless. And this is, is what we do. But is that how we grew up, right? Yes. You know, meat and free <laughs> yeah. veg? Yes. Yeah, mm. so it's about... Uh, Challenging yeah. the cuisine. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, love it. So 94841927. We've got some great giveaways today. We're going to be giving away a combo pack of Biagra and Aquaforce, uh, which are soil moisture retainers and wetting agents, thanks to the Turf Growers Association. They're valued at $75. We'll have a little game with those, and we've got our $75 bigger tree voucher to give away as well. We do feel like Father Christmas in here. And, of course, we're kicking off our little game today, our competition for the fabulous Rainbird Australia Irrigation controller, SmartWise irrigation controller. It handles eight stations, includes a Wi-Fi dongle and a wireless rain sensor. All of this coming up. So 
Yeah, don't miss out. There's lots of opportunities to win some fab. I mean, today's prizes are works out to nearly a thousand dollars that we're giving away today on the show. It's ridiculous. Okay, now, do, would you like to cover an email for me? Well, what do we have here? Uh, we've we've got one from Karen, but Dr. Darrell's waiting outside, so after he comes in, sure. we'll talk about that one. Uh, there is. There's a problem on a verbenum hedge. Sylvia oh, sent in this email. A, and, big, a big problem. Oh, it is. Mm. The hedge is very long. I think there's multiple plants and the leaves look very sad. But what I think part of the problem is, and it's almost, it's interesting that it's done so well for so long, it does appear that the garden bed is very narrow mm-hmm. between the paving and the fence. And I think as time has gone on, the roots are probably Im- impacted. And I guess that the moisture isn't penetrating the soil. I don't think that's the only problem. You know, I know that people think viburnums are really tough, but I had an experience where the water went off in, in my pool garden and I actually didn't know because a lot of the plants survived. It wasn't until I looked at the viburnum, which one was one of the first things in that garden to show signs of something being wrong. The Morea paniculata was going gangbusters. The palms didn't show any signs of going backwards. Mm-hmm. But the viburnum was the first one to show signs. So although they're tough, yeah. they're... You know, they do have a limit. So I think water is very important. And I have written back to to Sylvia and suggested taking the leaves to uh, deep herd. Yeah. And just to be sure that it's not a a bug or a pest or fungal disease, which Mm. it could be, but without looking at the leaves close up, I can't tell. But I I would be checking on the roots and the water. Definitely, mm. by the look of it, absolutely. And, of course, 40 degrees, you know. Oh. This is unprecedented, four bouts of 40 degrees, you know. Yeah, um, hello. Yeah, we're dealing also, with issues that we wouldn't normally yeah, have if, to deal with. If they yeah. have been trimmed, was it done prior to the 40 degrees? Because new growth will be far more susceptible to burn. Sure. There are times when you would not be pruning, and it's kind of now. Yeah, exactly. Okay, after the break, we have Dr. Daryl Hardy, Senior Entomologist of Deepard, joining us in the studio. Back in a moment. Tatum Radio. And it's... <laughs> what is it? <laughs> it's Let's Talk Gardening. And our special guest has joined us, Dr. Daryl. Good morning. Good morning. And we haven't seen you this year, so Happy New Year to you. Yeah, well, the year's only really begun, but it's rocketing away, isn't sure it? Sure is rocketing away. Where did away. January go? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Good. Still working. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was nearly going to let you off the hook this morning and no. and shuffle you to another day because I thought you'd be itching to get to the Garden Society's oh, fair. Yeah, but but, but yeah. what's not happening. on again is off again. Yeah, I wasn't going to go anyway because uh, <laughs> COVID's just yeah, a bit scary. I mean, we've had we've worked, we're all separated. We've got, because the diagnostics people, we can't have the whole lab go down. So we've got people one week at home, one week in the office. They so do that here been, at the university too. Yeah, so yeah. it's getting, yeah, it's it's out there. And yeah. we've had a couple of people um, that have had um, close contacts, so they've had to stay away until they've got a 
a negative, so um, yeah, it's it's. Oh, up there. Faye's just moving away from you, Daryl. No, oh, right, yeah. don't take that personally. Well, we have to yeah. be responsible, don't <laughs> we? That's right. After yes, all, that's right. We'll just put the big philodendron between us. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, and of course our border's opening on the third of March, yeah. so it's um, it's looming, and uh, yeah, yeah. Well, here we look, go. everybody's well. Most people will get it eventually, but um, yeah, most that's people. Scary bit. Well, the good thing is, I just look at the number of people in the hospital, and there's. There's 400 and something cases, I think, that they said last I heard, and there was nobody in hospital. So mm. that's a good sign. And this weather, everybody's complaining about it. But, but it, it's a good thing, right? Yeah, the, the viruses get solarised in this sort yeah. of weather. Well, yeah. we couldn't yeah. do more to purify the air right no. here, could we? No. With all these yeah, well, having, ha- you, having said that, that's about the only, for me, the good thing about these types of temperatures that we've been enduring, as yeah. you point out, is a very good thing. And low humidity. So that, yeah. 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 And how's your garden handled this? Uh, well... Uh, Pete's out there now squirting all the foliage, trying to get the humidity up. Um, We've had, yeah, a lot of things got burnt. A couple of kentias get reflection off the rear garage and they've lost a lot of leaf. So I'm actually hand-watering them at night to get, because they don't have a huge root system and they really do suffer. So I've lost a kentia that was like 30 years old once. Oh, damn. Yeah, and so, yeah, I don't want to lose these. They're a couple of 20-year-olds and they've got trunks about two metres high now. This is a very important fact Daryl, you know, with the the bore regulations mm-hmm. set to maybe change, I've become increasingly aware about the diversity of plants that are in gardens across Perth. And 20 years ago, well, your garden, for example, there would be palms and cycads that are not available now. Oh, you can't replace no, them. That's right, exactly. I mean, it's really... Um some things, when they become trendy, they become available. Um, but other things, um, like palms and cycads, the seeds are subject to um, quarantine and things like that. So, yeah, it makes it hard to get in the country. And the days of these societies with hundreds of members mm. have gone, mm. unless you're in the succulent society, because uh, <laughs> yeah. that's the trendy one at the moment. Yeah. And so you don't have the people, and there's very few specialty places in Australia that do the palms and cycads. There was a few South Africans came out in the 80s and they, they set up cycad nurseries and they were doing it. They've gone. Um, and the thing is, you know, of course, of our state regulations, a lot of um, East Coast nurseries won't send into WA. Um, and then we've got other bands because of Myrtaceae and Myrtle Rust. We're trying to keep that out as long as possible. So sure. That's such a nasty thing. So there is a lot of um, stuff that doesn't come in. Mm. Um, the only way you can bring in Myrtaceae is basically uh, tissue culture at the moment. Um, so, yeah, that, and then, then, of course, there's a balancing act because the longer you stop things coming in, the new varieties c- are developed in the eastern and that... And there's more push for people to, you know, they want they want the stuff. So industry saying you've got to find a way to let the things in because people just smuggle. And these mm. days with Facebook and things like that, um, yeah, a lot of people are forming uh, online relationships and, and they're getting stuff through the mail. And we uh-huh. do get a lot of intercepts in the mail, mm. but you know, you just can't. I mean, and Australia Post, everything's going through the mail these days and yeah. post, yeah. Um, and you just can't check everything. So um, yeah, so. Yeah, it's a double-edged sword quarantine mm. in this in this space, and also the, the availability of plants. Yeah, getting stuff into Australia is more difficult too. Getting people in's been very difficult. Yeah, well, that's, that's stuff. Yeah, yeah, getting anything in. Yeah, I got, I got a Christmas card from the, a friend in America, and it arrived on the seventh of February, and he sent it oh. on the seventh of November. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Oh, 
that's 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 wild. Yeah. Yeah. So, Daryl, what's yeah. trending in pests across? Perth. Okay, well we're getting a lot of reports. Um, we've had a couple of years where we haven't had the European wasp. We did a great job. We eradicated them out of um, the Darling Range there, about three and a half thousand hectares. And last year was very few uh, reports. But this year, um, a lot of reports coming in. So people, yeah, if you find anything you think is European wasp, use the DPIRD website. Just just Google um, uh, European wasp deeperd and it'll come up with all the pictures of things that look like it so that's one thing so it looks like a paper wasp but instead of yellow antenna it has black, black antenna. antenna and it doesn't have a nice thin waist like a, a, a like a it has a more bee-like with the abdomen and the thorax are clo- close together you don't have that waist there's that, not that, an elongated waist that's right yeah and does it fly with its legs up or down it flies well it flies with its legs up like a bee so okay. it's yeah, it looks very similar to a bee, mm. but the coloration's different, obviously. Different. But it moves like a bee, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So and it that. makes a bee line for its food. Yeah. Well, they're, they're like bees. They 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 f- they work out where the um where the sort of protein source is, and they head backwards and forwards. There. And um, that's how we track the nests. Um, we actually use a um, um, we use a uh, thing on on the phone called SigTrax, and it's what they use for tracking meteorites. So if you see a meteorite in the sky, you line this up, and you and you point the the ang- the line oh. of it, and then other people, if they see the meteorite from like a different angle, and then you put it together, and it shows you. And and we've found some nests within a meter of the tracks wow. crossing. Yeah. So. But, uh, if people had them in their garden, they're probably not going to be hovering around flowers, but dog food, dog food, cat sweet food, sweet drinks, yes. yeah, um, the barbecue, sweet uh-huh. drinks, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And some people they go, oh yeah, I saw those things in the garden, and uh, yeah. And when we when we find oh. up, we're saying we've tracked ne- nests to your property. They go, oh, I wonder why that was. But yeah, there's still people out there that don't, don't know them, but there mm. are a lot of people are very wary of them now. Yeah, so. Well, that's good. So it's that. And then because everybody, it's ants everywhere at the moment too. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. In the house, yeah, because it's cool in the house. Mm. Yeah. And so there's, and They're it's very not just active. one species, not just the coastal brown. There's lots of different species. Mm. Okay. Dr. Daryl Hardy in the studio with us this morning, 94841927. You can email us if you like, gardening at curtainfm.com.au. This is Let's Talk Gardening with Ran Fay, Dr. Daryl Hardy, Senior Entomologist of Deep Herd, in the studio with us right now. I would like to give away the first of our prizes this morning. This is two products by Agra and Aquaforce. And you can win the combo valued at $75. Compliments of Eva Ritchie and Turf Growers Association of WA. Uh, These products are top shelf, absolutely. Biagra is a new generation water retention aid and Aquaforce is a premium grade commercial wetting agent. These products actually work brilliantly together. Now, the trick is, firstly, you must be a Curtin FM member, not to have won a prize in the last 28 days. However, you do have to collect the prize, given what it is. You do need to go off and collect these products. And this week, you would have to collect it from AG Buffalo in Baldivis. AG Buffalo in Baldivis. If you cannot trek to Baldivis, please don't enter the competition this morning. So you must be able to get there or someone to get there for you. AG Buffalo in Baldivis. Now, for the best looking lawn and garden in your 
neighbourhood. How much of our domestic water supply comes from desalination? How much of our domestic water supply comes from desalination? We had uh, the Minister for Water on air with us, Dave Kelly, not too long ago, and we were talking about this very subject. And of course, at the moment, we do have the spotlight on water and how, how we can save it in our gardens. And uh, using products like this is a, an extremely good start. 94841927, give Bev a call. Must be a Curtin FM member. Go for it, guys. All right, I shall be quiet. Carry on. <laughs> they will have had to be paying attention, wouldn't they, Ray? I don't think it's something that people would know that off the top of their heads, so they might be Googling like crazy as mm. we speak. Don, John makes the questions, you know, a little bit... Uh, Complicated, and rightly so, because he feels they're good prizes and they have to work for them. <laughs> that's, a, that's according to John. Life according to John. Life is meant to be easy according to John. No. <laughs> and it's not too easy for Karen. She's got more problems in her garden, so lucky you're here with us, Daryl. She last week called in about a residue on some of the leaves of the mango tree. So she's now sent us photos. Mm-hmm. I think the photos actually came up better on the computer but there there does seem to be something here that I've not seen before I don't know if you can tell what that sort of residue might yeah I'm tell looking, us. look I know that when you pick mangoes um, the sap runs out and they have to actually wash the mango because the sap so I'm just wondering if there's some damage to some of the um, new new um, shoots and they're getting some sap coming out. I mean, mm. it's a bit early in Perth to be picking mangoes, so I don't think it's there. So they do produce this sap that is quite, and it does turn black, but I can't think of anything else at the moment. I um, The tree looks healthy. It's yeah. huge. There's mangoes. Yeah, there's, there's yep. mangoes hanging down. They're, yep. about, they're about half size or three-quarter size. They've probably just got to ripen up in the next couple of months. Um, so keep an eye on it, Karen. Just see if it is. Um, yeah. If anything changes. Yes, I mean some plants get waxy, but I haven't seen that sort of like you know, mm. the, the the new shoots and mangoes are always red. You know, they get the sunburn cream there. That's what I was told. Why do they come out red? Mm. Uh, the anthocyanins protect the leaves from burning. And yeah, that's also, why I like tropical plants like that. Red leaves can't be seen by a lot of insects who mm. would otherwise like. Green leaves, so yeah. it gives them a head start. Yep. Yeah. So, but no, I can't think of it. I can take that and ask somebody at work. If okay. Yep. Yeah, and contact details. She's also added another photo there of snow bushes that were badly infested by aphids, and they were cut down. And it looks to me like someone's actually drilled holes in the stumps. Yeah. But that's what she found after they were cut down. Now, so they're now there's possibility that the photos. Uh, definitive, but um, they're either borers or you've actually had necrosis of the actual the soft tissue. It's, uh-huh. it's just, so it's died off in the yeah, centre. So you're getting the vascular mm. t- tissue just shrinking away. So, so borers. Borers. Oh, it's a segue <laughs> to borers. Can I, yeah. can I just jump in and say we do have a, a winner uh, for the Biagra and Aquaforce, uh, Roberta from Willerton. Thanks for playing, Roberta. So everyone else out there, we do have a winner. And uh, because the product needs to be collected from Beldivis in this instance, we are moving geographically all around Perth. So your turn will come if you're north of the river. Uh, fear not. Carry on. Okay, the borers. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, and, of course, we're stressed at the moment 
for a lot of species that encourages borers. I'm not saying with polyphagus shot hole borer that's the case. It, we're still that's still it could be that they like well we're finding along the suburbs along the river and they're really making a meal of Acer nagundo which is the maple tree so the aces seem highly susceptible to them and oh, we really? are getting people complaining that we are actually removing trees now so they're removing trees for a couple of different reasons uh, we're working with local land holders um, local shires and businesses um, what we found from Southern California is basically there's no Ace Nagundo left. They've been all taken out. Now, they just keep reinfesting these trees and they actually become a, um, they'll, fall, they'll fall over eventually. Mm-hmm. And of course, council's very worried that they might fall on a person. A person. So mm. we're working with the council so, and some other species. Uh, we still don't know. They're getting attacked, um, but we don't know if they're, going to get to say so we're pruning some of these other species so um yeah so we negotiate the land holder and things like that at the moment so i guess you can't use a systemic because they're not ingesting it is that That's right? right so the actual borers actually bores the um um it bores into the tissue but it's there it, and it's planting from its little little um sort of like uh, pockets in its mandibles this fungus and it feeds off the fungus so it's only Drilling, drilling the holes to make it a, light, a little area to plant its f- fungus, and that feeds off the fungus. So it's farming. Yeah, and so the systemics, they've tried systemics overseas. They haven't worked because mm. once there's boreholes, then the plant cuts off that vascular material, mm. so the actual toxins don't get to the, to the, to the beetle. So um, it's very difficult. And now we've got, um, we've got 47, I think, the last count, um, infested properties. So, and um, are you able to say burbs? What were? Yeah. So basically, uh, if you can look at the the burbs, we've got a um, basically along the river. So from East Romano right up um, along the river. Why? Why along the river? That's well, that's the, the other thing. We're, we're not sure if it's association. Um, it's it's more humid, and they like the humid and the temperatures are milder there. The other thing is that looking like what we're finding is that these aces they actually self propagate in these areas. So that might be where all the aces are growing as well, and all the aces are growing well there. So the maple tree. So suburbs like Netherlands, Delkeith, all along the river there, Claremont, um, and the latest one we found was in Wilson. Okay. So yeah, there's quite, mm. quite low-lying areas in, in, in that suburb as well. So yeah, so you can just look yeah straight up the river from where we found the original one in Ishramanal. Um, yeah, and so and up as far as Wilson. Yeah, yeah, the a bit further past as well, but. Um, um, we've made the um, the quarantine area um, bigger than that, so you need to look up all the local government areas. But it's it's like it's either forty or sixty percent of the Perth metropolitan area now that's covered by. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, it is time for the nine o'clock news. When we return, we'll give uh, Karen a chat. Uh, she wants to follow up the email that we were all just talking about. Heading for a sunny maximum of 37 today, currently 29 degrees. Tomorrow, mostly sunny again, maximum of 35. And on Monday, it will be sunny with a maximum of 34. And so it goes for the remainder of the week. Carry on, guys. So, um, Daryl, what symptoms could people be looking for? Okay, so... Yeah, um, of the the shot hole borer. Yeah, so some of them... Look, it's a case of until you get your eye in... 
the, mm. the tree can look quite well unless it's got a dead limb or or, or you saw sawdust or, on the yeah, leaves of plants below. Yeah, yeah. so mm. that's that that's and but that's an extreme infestation. Um, so um, basically, the the uh, and it can be bake, bark flaking off. Um, the the actual holes are the size of, of the ball and the ballpoint pen. Yeah, they're very yeah. tiny. These yeah. little um, um, beetles. Um, that's the, but they just breed up so prolific. They have a very short life cycle, 30, 60 days, depending on temperature, and they just proliferate and they just keep re-attacking the plant mm. until it falls over. Jeez. Basically. And the picture uh, you just showed us off air, I, yeah. I was thinking a couple of holes, yeah. but it's not. It's it looks like uh, your tree has been shot, shot. by a shotgun. Absolutely. Yeah, it looks yeah. like it's been hit by hundreds and hundreds of pellets. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, thank you for that. And let's go to Queen's Park. Karen, thanks for waiting. It is fine. Thank you. Thanks. Good morning, uh, everyone. Um, yeah, I was listening to to your explanation of of uh, the, the mango leaf. That is not so. It's not such a problem. Uh, there are not many leaves which are um, covered in this slight slight uh, whitish dust. It's not a real dust, but I can I can wipe it off. But it does that doesn't worry me so much. It's more the snow bushes which really which really really worry me because I have a, a pretty long hedge. And now just about every every third or fourth of of uh, of the bushes s- seem to die, and when I cut them off, then they had these holes in the middle, and I thought it was a borer, you know, in in the in the stem, this the hole. Yeah, so uh, look. I, if I cut them off now, they have got these holes in the middle, but they're pretty big, so I don't know whether what kind of is it a borer or is it a beetle or what is it? Yeah, well, the borers. Yeah, there's borers which are weevils and beetles, so it's it's one of the two. And uh, I would say definitely, unless you've got this your vascular shrinkage. But given the fact, so the actual stems are dead, and then you cut them off, and you notice the holes. Is that right? That's right, exactly. When okay. they, they seem to die, they, they had nice leaves, and all of a sudden, I've noticed that the leaves are drying out. But it's not every every bush; it's every 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 few bushes. And then uh, um, I thought, what the heck is wrong with it? And then I cut it down, and then I saw that they had these holes in the middle. Yeah, and that's what I was mentioning earlier. With this weather we're having, it's stressing a lot of plants. Mm. Um, And so when when they're stressed, the borers, you know, they they sense weakness. They move in. And they can Mm -hmm. move in. And there's lots of different borers. um, We have a lot of native borers, and there's a a number of exotic borers here as well. And the polyphagus is one of them. So unfortunately, once the borers are in there, and you're getting those dead branches then um yeah and and that's multi-stem plant so yeah you once that's open now you're going to get um rots in there and 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 yeah and you may lose the whole plant that that's associated with so um but i'm i'm just afraid that the whole i will lose the whole hedge yes you may well do um and it's borers are very hard to control um the only thing I can suggest is you keep the water up and you keep um, you, you don't want to over over go with the nutrition because the plants are in a weakened state um, and you've just got to hope that you can uh, outlast the borers because um, they will go oh, okay. through a natural cycle and go away but I would say that you're going to lose some of your um, your hedges and yeah so Karen uh-huh. what we know about your garden now is that you've got possibly a lot of plants in a small space with the- I have got lot, yeah you're right yes I have and it, it's mm. between the house and the fence so they haven't got too much room but they mm. were always thriving but okay now it's so, so terribly hot but lately I mean they're rather old so I don't know how, how yeah, old. so how- I think you've got I I think I can understand what you've got and I think 
Maybe it's time to get someone in and make choices about what stays and what goes. I think mm-hmm. with with our climate, with our water, you know, people are going to try and maintain what they've got on less water. And yeah, that's right. going yeah, to stress yeah. plants. I mean, to mm-hmm. get the most out of your plants, we've we've got to give them the water they need. But when we don't, they stress and we get these other yeah. Problem. So you've got to manage your your soil. Uh, you need to get that water in. You need to wash mulch. Yep. Yep. You Some need to use the products that help get the water in, yep. and then direct the water where it needs. You may have to choose about what plants stay and what go. Yep. So yeah, yeah, I've thought of that. You're yeah. right. I've thought of that already. That I might have to. It's just that I, I'm, I'm so sorry that I, I, I thought I can I can do something about borers. Like it, it yeah. doesn't help me if I if I dig up the ground or whatever. They no, must go underground. And even chemicals are going to be very hit and miss. Um, uh, uh. Even if you take the borers out with some very nasty chemicals at a very early stage, they're still uh, made the holes and they're that. still getting mm-hmm. the, the the actual um, rots will get in there. Look. I cycle to work most days and I can tell you how stressed things are because along all the cycleways, mm-hmm. native plants are yeah. dropping their limbs. Yeah. You know, so Correct. you can see the council Correct. workers yeah. out yeah. there. Every day. Every mm. day. So yep. that's a response for the plants. And yeah, yep. This is unprecedented, yes. this weather we're having. Yeah. 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 We're, yeah. we're losing 20 to 30 mils of evaporation of water out of the, the profile each day. Mm. And we're only putting 20 mils back in a week. So you're, you're in a deficit every week of around 100 mils. Yeah. 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 So yeah, this is right. why, and the plants get stressed, and then they become targets for the predators. Yeah, I'm just always wondering where they come from because I've never had them before. I mean, that's the, right. Uh, yeah. And 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 yeah, and uh, look, I don't know what's the scientific name of this bush. Is it a native snow bush? Yeah. Is Brainia B R E Y N I A? Yeah. So it is a native. No. 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 So, okay. So that's interesting. So. Mm-hmm. It sounds, and there are, we don't have a lot of exotic borers here, but we do have some, but it sounds like one of the native borers has decided that this is a tasty little snack for it. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's a, it's, okay. It's a jungle out there, yeah. Karen. It's a battlefield. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you might find, I mean, it might look bad now, but, you know, just keep trimming the dead ones back and you may find when we get some cooler weather, What's left there will shoot away. You might Hopefully. get some new stems, okay? But, yeah, but because get... they're usually pretty hardy. Yeah. Okay, thank you so much for your help and for your advice. Thanks a lot. Thanks, okay. Karen. All, all the best with that. Thank yeah. you. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Okay. I think maybe now is a good time to, to apply fish products and yeah. seaweed products yes. to the garden yeah. just just to give them a bit more help. Not feeding things because we don't want weakened growth. We don't want everything to look better necessarily we want it to be healthy that's right so my neighbor says to me he says your virtual looks fantastic look at mine it's dead and he says what what do you do i put fertilizer i said i put wetter on and he said i put wetter on i said yeah but the wetters only last about six weeks and then you'll see all the water just sheets off when you Mm. so and that's the the thing isn't it what you've got to look for if the water is running off if it's pooling you need to get out there you need to aerate and get some 
good wedding agents that's right. on it. And that's a great segue into my uh, question that I gave earlier uh, for Biagra and Aquaforce, speaking of wedding agents. The question I had was how much of our domestic water supply comes from desalination? Give or take 2%, the answer is 45%. So uh, that's the answer to the question that we had for the giveaway that we had just before the nine o'clock news and I will have another one shortly for you $75 gift voucher from Bigger Trees and also just encouraging everybody to email gardening at curtainfm.com.au if you would like to win a eight station domestic irrigation controller thanks to Rainbird Australia they focus on the intelligent use of water and say that maintaining a healthy and happy landscape requires watering to the needs of the plants and the environment and the package on offer is designed to integrate local weather data forecasts and conditions into your irrigation schedule so the Rainbird with the dongle will adjust the irrigation run times in response to the weather conditions in your postcode. So Rainbird, the intelligent use of water. If you would like to play with us, uh, send us an email. You must be a Curtin FM member. This product is valued at over $800. I like to talk in big numbers. I'm into thousands these days. We'll stick to over $800. Okay. And uh, email us at gardening at curtainfm.com.au. Register your details. And next week, we're going to draw the winner out of our watering can for you and previous entrants uh, providing that you're a, a Curtin FM member and not to have won a prize in the last 28 days we're going to throw you into that draw again for a second chance okay so this is uh, absolutely top range Rainbird Australia total reval- retail value of more than $800 I think everybody would like to win that okay carry on we have received an email from Lola and the title is Plant Identification. Saw this in gardens a lot when in India. My paternal grandmother brought it back from India in the 1940s mm-hmm. and it's been divided many, many times. All members of the family have it now. Don't ask me how grandma got away with this. Getting it in. Well, back then, what was that quarantine? Quarantine like? really only came in in the 1960s, basically. So right. Up to up to the and uh, I mean, John Forrest, he headed up the Naturalisation Society of Western Australia, and they, they were bringing everything. They bought rabbits and foxes oh. and everything. So, up until the 1960s, we it, didn't have. It was just bring in what you want. Uh. So I think that this, it's a variegated strappy leaf plant with white flowers. Uh, it looks like a liriope to me. And I think it's, uh, I've got a name here, liriope stripy white. Uh, oh, I've got muscari. that one. Have you? Yeah. Oh, I wonder if it's come originally from Lola's paternal grandmother. This is an heirloom variety. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Very good. There you go. Well, yes, there there is a lot around, aren't there? Mm. So what sort of conditions is yours growing in, Ray? Well, believe it or not, it's Lirio, but it's growing in, in a lot of it in full sun okay. and handling it, which yes. is unusual. Mm. Uh, and so, and it's, uh, it's tough and it's not fast growing, uh, but it's coping very, very well. I'm having no dramas with it whatsoever, and I've got a lot of it planted around right. uh, front and back. And does it get any dappled light? Do you have a tree in the vicinity? Some of it is in. It gets that, and it just seems to cope with 
sun and shade, mm-hmm. uh, but most of it is out in full sun, actually. Well, that might be a, a good plant for people to, to think very about versatile. putting in their gardens. Yeah, because some of the liriopes are very much shade, shade-driven plants. And I remember at the time, um, Darren Senior, as you know, uh, put my garden in and we had to swap out some of our plants because it was when COVID first hit and the plants weren't available that were recommended to me. He said, try this. And I was very dubious because it's a lirio mm. uh, and it's a variegated. And uh, I said, what? And, you know, out on the road in the full sun, are you kidding? He said, no, I've I've worked with this plant. You won't be disappointed. And I haven't mm. been. Yeah. And of course, being variegated, it's on trend. Oh, right, so, yes. Well, yeah. What's the Whoa. craze Whoa. with variegated plants at the moment? It comes and goes. It's like trends with yeah. everything, isn't it? Uh, TikTok, obviously. <laughs> TikTok. Oh. Everything's about TikTok. Is it really? Yeah. I'm we a bit behind the times. That's right. You've got to go TikTok, yeah. The kid, some kid will do a crazy dance with a variegated plant. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be a, a stripy white lirio. Right. That's right. And all oh. hell will break loose. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, we know they're long-lived. have been here mm. since the 1940s. So. Yes. There you yes. go. Yes. So, prop- propagation by division, I gather. Yes. Yeah. And can we talk about this gorgeous plant you brought in today? Oh yeah. Well, show and tell, please. This this one or tell at least. Yeah. This one is um. Oh, it's the velvet, velvet palm. It's one of the chemidories, One of the ones I like collecting. It's an understory um, uh, species, and you ladies saw it near my front door in a pot yeah. when you came and made comments. So I've bought this one in. Um, and this very, one, yeah, very unusual, the um, the foliage. That's right. It yeah. looks artificial. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it, and, and it's, um, these are juvenile leaves, and they're not as thick, but the the as you get the, the true leaves coming on it, um, yeah, they get that velvet feel. And mm, they actually love that. They gather dust mm. because, oh, do they that, because of they've that. got a texture, and they get quite thick and... and um, and leathery, so um, yeah, they're, and they're very slow growing, and only yeah, only gets to about a meter in height. Slow growing, and where yeah. would he live best? Um, Un- at my house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, apparently he's not making his way to your yeah. house. And and, and and they're rat tolerant because this uh, had a rat actually, chew on it. Had yes, a go. His rats had a bit of a chew on a couple of leaves. I, I, I apologise, but it's triple planted. So um, yeah, so it's one of the chemidories. I collect them. I think I've got um, fifty odd. There's about a hundred and seventy species of, uh, of these. And yeah, I, I'm just waiting for somebody on TikTok to do these ones because they, these are. Great indoor plants. Mm. Could you yeah. get that in a nursery? No. no. And you, 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 I mean, I, I haven't seen it for sale um, for about twenty years. Oh so, my goodness. are you getting your seeds off established plants that you have, Daryl? Yeah, um, yeah, and yeah. and it's tricky because you don't just put the plant in; it produces seeds. It mm. has male and female plants. So, so do you, you have cannot. a bore? No. Would you get an exemption because you're growing? rare species no i just use the normal watering and then we supplement by hand hand yeah how do you go away in summer don't you don't this is right well i was saying that i'm just putting in um i don't have a don't have a bore and i don't and i don't have a fancy retriculation retriculation enter our drawer yeah so i'm just going for um Mine's all manual at the moment, pretty well, and I've just gone for some you know, timers. But if we do decide we, we're going to go away as when I retire, I'm actually gearing up now to put in a um, uh, more sophisticated system and with Bluetooth, so I can yeah. actually do it when mm. I'm not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, uh, time for a break. When we return, we're talking about rock melons.
23 minutes after nine, you're with Let's Talk Gardening. And I have to say, I got a surprise when I came here this morning, thanks to John and Glidden. He's brought me this gorgeous coffee mug. And on it, it's a, a picture of a dog. He's wearing glasses and a hat. And he says, "I." And, and on the mug, it says, I work hard so my dog can have a better life. <laughs> that is perfect for you, it's Ray. It's so true. <laughs> I often say to Ella, mummy, mummy has to work to keep you into living into the style of which you have grown accustomed, darling, princess. <laughs> yeah, absolutely quite right. Keep her... Uh, in steak and all the good things that she likes to eat. So thank you, John. That was a lovely surprise. I really, really appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Thank Does, you. You could put mushrooms with her steak. I don't dogs have mushrooms, actually, just off the top of my head. Mm. Yeah, I have to check that one. I have to, okay. You have to be careful with dogs. They, yeah. yeah, they don't certainly don't eat what we can eat. Well, I'll double well, check I mushrooms. I'll tell you something, dogs, they can't use our toothpaste. Why? What happens? Why would they want to? They go, they go and it's poisonous to them. Yeah, well, so yeah. a colleague of mine, his daughter has signed up to do dental therapy. So and what she did she? Thought, she thought she'd practice cleaning on a dog. Teeth on a dog oh, and yeah. the dog had liver failure. <gasps> Holy cow. So you've got to use doggy toothpaste. Yeah. yeah okay, you can so, get these little yeah. things you put on your finger like a little thimble and it's yeah. soft with little nodules on it and you can rub their teeth and yeah. do you do that too ray no i don't actually oh poor I, dog I, I, neglected. I, it is yeah i should she's got great teeth for now but i should be doing stuff like that really should yeah. all right let's head to two rocks arthur good morning good morning there that's lovely show and thank you very much and uh sounds like you've been killing the dog with kindness yes it's true arthur how yeah. are you arthur i don't think we've oh. talked to you for a little while Oh, I haven't been the best of health, but oh. I'm still battling mm. on. Now, I try to grow rock melons, right? Mm. Now, my grandfather used to grow rock melons, and they were beautiful. You go up there, and when the first run, first little um, curler or, or uh, curler near the melon died, that was the melon was ripe, and it smelt beautiful. You could smell the melon, and you could uh, you could. Um, uh, Take it home, and they were they were beautiful to eat, and they were slightly soft, you know, if you pressed mm. them. Yeah, but now the melons are like rocks; you can't work out whether they're ripe or not, and they they don't even seem to ripen properly on the bush. They appear to be uh, green, but anyway, I've I've broke into the system, and I've I've picked a couple, and we've eaten one, and they're beautiful and sweet, and they're perfect inside. But why are they so hard and so rock? Have they have they bred a, a super rock melon that's uh, <laughs> like a rock? Daryl's nodding. Yep. Yeah. So, so everything is, yeah, unfortunately, um, and you'll know this with the tomatoes, the old varieties are, are so um, juicy and they've got a lot of flesh in them, mm. like the gross leaves and things like that. And the, the people say, well, the ones in the shops aren't the, aren't the same. Um, it's because they, they've, they've breed them for shelf life and for travelling because they're uh, delicate They transport better, and, they yeah. don't bruise. And yeah, look, mm -hmm. I've noticed what Ray's, uh, Arthur's talking about and um, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. and so yeah, I, I know that exactly and yeah, I've talked uh, to people and yeah, so there's lots of different things happening in the, in the breeding space. Um, so colour and because and people, people buy with their eyes. But so, Arthur, yeah. where did you get your seeds from? Actually, I picked a beautiful melon one time and uh, it looked lovely in the shop. It was nice and yellow looking and it was a lovely melon to eat. Quite solid, quite hard, 
but uh, it was a nice melon. I kept the seeds from that. Okay. And so I also tried growing them from seeds, and uh, I wasn't doing too well with that. But this, this, I've got some quite good plants and uh, quite a few nice rockies. But uh, I'm just, I just cannot work out. Like the old days, you'd just go out there and you'd look, and the melon was yellowy looking, beautiful, and you could smell them. You could actually smell the mm. rock melon through them. Now we've lost that. Well, we've lost the uh, the fact that uh, they're very hard to work out whether they're ripe or not. Well, Arthur, I would suggest next time you try, you yeah. you perhaps go for heritage seeds. So somewhere like Diggers Club, Eden Seeds, or someone local that's growing them, where you've You've got a softer fruit with better flavour. Ah, uh, right. Okay. So it's about the seed. Yeah, and some of the so seeds. You want heritage. Yeah, and some. Of, I'm not sure with rock melons, but a lot of um, things are hybrid seeds these mm. two these days too. So, yeah, you don't get them growing true to form as well. Um, yeah. As well, so that could be another issue. Okay. Fine. Thank you very much. So you uh, you'll have to I'm... hang around for another year to have another go at your rock That's melons. Right, yeah. I'll read you next year and let you know I'm going. Uh-huh. Good, good. We'll be listening. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. All the very best. And Good to you too. Bye for great now, show. Arthur. Great, great show. Thank you. And we do have some free lines, 94841927. Now I have another giveaway for you. Again, you must be a Curtin FM member and not to have won a prize in the last 28 days. We have a $75 gift voucher, compliments of Kerry from Bigger Trees in Pickering Brook. As we know, Bigger Trees specialise in frangies, ornamental and fruit trees. This week, they have a huge range of gorgeous indoor plants that have just arrived and other new stock ranges from leucodendrons to olive trees to fajoas to magnolias. You get the picture. So for big plants and little plants, check out Bigger Trees' website, biggertrees.com.au. And you can find out more about all of their goodies if you want to on their Facebook page. Now, here is a curly question, another one of John's, okay, if you'd like to win this $75 gift voucher. Uh, The question is, Sir Elton John has three flowers named in his honour. There's a rose and a lupin, but what type of flower is the Dorrit Anopsis, Dorrit Anopsis, Sir Elton John. What type of flower would that be? 94841927, give Bev a call right now if you'd like to win that fabulous gift voucher and go up and have yourself a, a nice big spend. It's a great place to, to to go up there and chill out, actually. You can make yourself a cup of tea. I like it when the nurseries are friendly like that. Mm. Yeah. Yes, it is lovely and they would have a big range of french pennies right now Massive. in flower yeah, oh, yeah gosh the perfume's just intoxicating isn't it mm, my frangies have been disappointing they're young but they've been disappointing this year i haven't had any flowers mm. yeah i know i've got some that are thinking about it maybe maybe but gee yeah did you give them mpk there. in spring i don't know what i do when i do it maybe maybe not i don't know probably yeah I, I, mine, I can't remember back then. Yeah, some of mine died back with the winter. It was very, mm. yeah, so I was got some end rot and I've had to trim them back a bit. But ah, mine, yes. are, they really struggle. They're, they're competing against a lot of other plants. Well, they were slow to kick off mm. this year. We, we, had, we a, had a long, wet winter. Yeah. So it's, it's possibly the reason, I'd say, Ray. Because mm. you're not alone. No, I know. Like I that. know, exactly. Okay. Now, Daryl. Oh, 
Sorry. No, Ray. no, no, no. I can see there's lots of people playing with us at the moment that would like to win that voucher. I can mm. see by the lines. So what's happening in the pantries? Yeah, okay. So uh, we've got the... Yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we've got to be very careful where we say this one. Yeah. Um, but the, we have a the 2022 Pantry Blitz. We, we, we started this back in about 2016 and then we did it for a couple of years and then last year we did it again and, and this year we're doing... Because we had the Capra Beetle incident here. So we've had... Um, a lot of queries from our trading partners about are we free of this nasty pest so we can do all the grain silos and the, and the grain transport network um, but we don't have an idea of what's happening in people's houses um, because this there's a really filthy pest and if it gets in yeah it creates mm. all sorts of havoc even in home so this is <clears throat> a dual-edged sword this is a win-win I reckon because um, not only would, do we protect the industry, we also um, give people feedback on, because we had a lot of people with pantry moss and pantry beetles. So we're, now we had 2,000 traps this year, and, and last week there was 1,000 gone. Now this week another 300 are gone. So mm. we're down to 700 traps left. Well, so get in early, yeah, folks. So if you want to um, get um, emailed out, um, I mean mailed out some traps, and then you report back using the My Pest Guide Reporter app, so you will need to download that and register on that. And also, so just Google DPIRD Pantry Blitz 2022 and there'll be a way you can sign up for it. And yeah, um, it's really weird because we're really focusing on on West Australia, but we get people from over east and even overseas wanting to participate. Wanting to participate, so oh. they, they, they stumble across it on the website. So we've actually sent a couple of traps, um, a set of traps to people in the US and Canada before. So yeah, and just because yeah, we thought well, they've done the right thing. Mm. We'll just have it. We'll just have it. They send it to them, and yeah, and they send them back. So. Uh, well, they'd have to send them back. They're sending back bugs they, they in the mail. No, they don't have to. They just oh. photograph the traps, okay. yeah. and then they put it yeah each week. Okay, mm. so um, and we'll let them know if there's anything nasty. So that's the whole thing. If you find something on your trap and you photograph it, um, we'll let you know what it is, and we'll tell you how to control it. So that's where the the, the resident gets the win, and by getting the zeros mm -hmm. for capra beetle, um, the lure will pull the capra beetle in. Getting a zero for that, then we protect our grain trade too, which is um, grain this year. I think it was about seven or eight billion dollars worth of grains we harvested. We had a crack a year, like what wow. last season. Yeah. That's good to hear. Now I have shared the information on the Let's Talk Gardening Facebook page. Mm -hmm. Excellent. It says find out what's lurking in your pantry. Sign up. Yes. And an easy to click on button. Yes. Yep. So we're trying to make it easy as possible. And uh, look, we've um, yeah. Last year we had um, over, I think about fifteen hundred people signed up to it, and we've, so we've allocated a bit more funds to get more traps this year. And we're, uh, which yeah, we didn't quite get the the level from of zero. We got all zeros last year, obviously, but we we need a certain number of zeros to say truly we don't have it in 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 suburbia or in Western Australian pantries. And that's yeah. just for the capra beetle. That's is for it? the capra. There are other capra beetle is the poster boy of the bad. Uh, okay. Pests. The pin-up boy. Yeah, the pin-up boy. Yeah, the, yeah, the pin-up beetle. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, so. no. Okay. Now, we do have a winner for the Bigger Trees voucher, uh, Cheryl from Oakford. And the question was, Sir Elton John has three flowers named in his honour. There's a rose, a lupin, but what type of flower is the Doretan... <laughs> it's a big word here, guys. Doretanopsis. Doretanopsis. Sir Elton John, and the answer is an orchid. Okay, so it's a hybrid. 
orchid, isn't it? It's um, a cross, between I believe, the between the Phalaenopsis and the Doratinopsis. Yeah, okay. So well, thanks well. for playing with us, Cheryl, and do let us know and, how you spend that voucher. And can I just say, when I looked up the Doratinopsis, you you would probably be familiar with it. It looks like a Singapore orchid. Yes, correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you yeah. imagine a moth orchid and the Singapore orchids, which are small, Very, yeah. um, pointier-looking yeah. moth orchids, a cross between the two. The two. Interesting. Mm. All right, we are in Girawain. Philomena, good morning. Yeah, hello. Good morning. Morning, I'm Philomena. Listening all the fas- I'm listening to all the fascinating uh, stories that I've been told about. I like the bit where you talked about a plant being rotten to. And uh, Daryl mentioned what he said was the truth, because when you first migrate to Australia, you have the quarantine officer that hops on the plane from Singapore to see, you know, what you got and what you haven't got. Mm. But um, uh, you gave us the name of that plant. Uh, was that a botanical name of the plant of some lady that brought a cutting in from India? Uh, prob- she probably brought in a division, which would have had some roots on it. And it's a right. strappy-leafed plant, Philomena, called a right. liriope. So, All right, now am I speaking to phrase? Yes, I want, I want to brighten up your day. I sat down in my garden uh, about a week ago because my husband said, have you seen the bees? I said, what kind of bees? <laughs> and he said, they're blue. <laughs> oh. I said, I'll be doing Darwin's theory if I go and watch, you know, how did evolution start? So I've got a sense of humor. I said, oh, gosh. I said, this is what uh, you were talking about. Uh, obviously, you, you're out in the hills. Are you uh, fair? No, I live in Jandicott. All oh, right, okay, because my brother had a massive big uh, hobby uh, plant, uh, plantation of avocados and dwelling up. But getting back to the bees and how beautifully I was watching them, because I've got a beautiful tree and I don't know the name of the, you know, for crying out loud. I'd love to take a photograph and send it to you. And literally these bees had uh, blue colouring on them because they were going to a plant that has lilac-y colour, you know. Wow. They are attracted to that. Mm. Yeah. Now, oh. the other reason I'm bringing this to I've got a point which in India we call the Mayflower tree. That's because it flies. It's tropical. It goes crazy in, in uh, Queensland and what have you. Where exactly can I grow it? Obviously, if you come see in my garden, I've got retriculation and everything. We're cutting back on retriculation because, as you know, they want to even ban having bows now, don't they? They reckon that only two days a week or so if you have a natural bow. But where can I plant this tree? Because when you ring up the Shire, you're basically just chasing up wild horses down an alleyway. Well, so reckon, I've eh? got a picture of your garden, Philomena, and I reckon you've got a lot in there already. Would I be right? No, you're talking about the back. The, about, uh, you're talking about that. Because uh, uh, we put a lot of compost and we put it back into the garden. What you put in, you get out. You know, you're rewarded with that because we've got a, what, what did I talk um, the passion fruit. Well, it did end up giving me about a dozen passion fruit. So, Philomena, getting back to the point, Siana, it's a large tree yeah. with a very big canopy. So exactly. do you have the space to accommodate that? Well, this is what I'm trying to say. In the front garden, it's uh, open to the public. Uh, you've got to watch the electric wires and stuff like that. But it doesn't touch all that. Yeah. So it does go very big, but once it takes off, it has a beautiful canopy. Yes, it yeah. does. Do you have the space for yeah. that? So I've only got one native, uh, what do you call it, uh, banks in a bottle brush, King Spark bottle brush growing there. It's been growing there for nearly 45 years. So I'm just trying to figure out, should I cut that down and put this tree in there? Well, if you 
consider uh, Poinciana could have a spread of five or six metres and mm. probably be... Am I about right, Daryl? Well, it depends how old they are, but yeah. I've seen ones that yeah. they, they are the front yard. They yeah, are the but front yeah. Yard, it depends. Yeah. I mean, if you plant it and, you know, it won't become a problem for 20 years and then, you know, it might be yeah. something else's Someone problem else's by problem. The yeah. Girraween Gira often the area, they're big blocks, aren't they? Very dry, very dry. My lawn's all dead, even though mm. I have reticulation. Okay. It's Philomena, I'd say yeah. get the biggest pot that you could manage and put it in right. that. I and it give it the water, the compost, the mulch, and everything yeah. it needs. Well, I'm looking at it from my kitchen window, and it's growing beautifully. It's begging to go into the ground. It doesn't uh, like to stay in a pot for so long. So this is a plant I got out from a nursery out in Midland. Go for it. Um, yeah. Go yeah. for it. Just do right. it. Yeah, yeah, but how how do you how do you keep up the watering? To, to, you got to do it by hand. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. We'll have to come back to this, Philomena. We yeah. we need to go to a break. So okay, I'll let you know. I'll, um, anyway, I just thought I'd let you know about the blue banded bees. <laughs> and now uh, the show that Dow's talking about, you've been advertising it on television. But good on you guys. Okay. Thanks, Philomena. Thanks, Philomena. Cheers bye, for that. Bye. 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 Okay. When we return, we're chatting to John in Mandurah about pelargoniums and geraniums. Captain Radio. Thanks for your company. 20 minutes left of the program to go, so there is time for you to get your phone call through 94841927. We are in Mandra. John, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for waiting. Go ahead. Yes, I'm just wondering where I could purchase um, pelargoniums and geraniums, um, some different ones. Um, I put one in earlier this year and it went ballistic. It's going great, so uh, I thought, well, I'll add to that and take out the things that aren't growing. Right. Well, John, you know, I would have said you could get along to the Garden Society's mm. Fair today because they would have had pelargoniums and geraniums <laughs> for sale, a, yeah. a range of different ones. Uh, the growers would would all be ready and well stocked. They have beautiful flowering ones and leaf leaf colours and shapes that you wouldn't believe. Do you have access to the internet and Facebook? Uh, internet, yes. Well, what I was going to say, there is a geranium society. Now, I know, I'm pretty sure they're not meeting at the moment because they have a very large active group and they were right. meeting indoors. So because of COVID, I believe that's yep. on hold at the moment. But there are there is a, a page on Facebook for the Geranium and Pelagonium Society of WA and a very Gapswa, active page and great and stuff on there. There will be members there who have plants for sale currently, and they could right. put you in contact with someone. So, if you don't have access to the Facebook page, you could go on the website for the Horticultural Council and get a contact for the Geranium Society. Right. That would yep. be your best way, rather than sending you around various nurseries and that. Yeah, go straight to. And they have you won't the you pulse. won't get the variety mm, that's in right. the nurseries that you will I, get through. I believe the society that you get through the yeah. society. Correct. Okay. All right. I'll uh, I'll give that a shot. Yeah. Enjoy that, John. Okay. Good luck. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. It's funny uh, because pelargoniums and geraniums do really well down the Mandra coastal area there. I remember as a kid, my auntie's place mm. it was just. 
it's like weeds almost. Well, yeah, and, exactly. And they are plants that are just um, thriving at the moment and very popular, very mm. popular society. And they are withstanding the heat and the cooler nights. They're just starting to perk up again. Mm. So very, very tough. Mm. Let's go to Safety Bay. Ruth, how's it going? Oh, hello. Yes, still here. All I can hear is their radio. <laughs> Uh, okay. No, you're actually with Ray and Faye and Daryl. Ruth, oh. did you want to talk to us about a poinciana tree? Oh, I was just telling the lady on the telephone. Beth, um, yeah. That we planted it 30 years ago. Yes. And it never, ever bloomed, ever. And we sought advice from everybody, including yourself, and everyone would end up saying, well, enjoy the tree, the leaves are not. Mm. So we've enjoyed the tree for many years. And here, for the very, very first time, it has bloomed <laughs> two bracts on one side and one bract on the other side. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> we used Epsom salts. And uh, of late, my husband also put blood and bone. So whether any of those did the trick, I don't know. <laughs> well, and, and it, the heat. it could just mm. be the the unprecedented heat that we're having this year, Ruth, because they do grow in the north of Western Australia. And Safety Bay is quite close to the beach, right? Well, the yeah. temperatures are more constant near the coast. Mm. Now, how big is your tree, Ruth? Because this might help Philomena. Ooh. Uh, oh, a long way above the house. <laughs> yeah, big right. girl. And the spread of it, what width? It's it's spread beautiful. Um, Approximate metres of the canopy, Ruth. Ruth, what are the metres of the canopy? What would be the metres of our canopy of the tree? The width. About four or five metres, maybe? All right, more. Mm. Yeah. Oh, he's saying about 12 metres. Yeah. 12 metres? Right, okay, mm. Philomena, I don't think it's going to fit in your backyard 30 years from now. Yeah. <laughs> I could be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for your call. That's good to know. Okay. Wonderful. Good. Enjoy it, Ruth. Yeah, enjoy the blossoms. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Now, Ray, we got an email from Sarah, and this is for Arthur. So Arthur in Two Rocks, I hope you're still listening. And it's titled Beautiful, Soft and Sweet Rock Melons. So Sarah's growing rock melons and has done for many years. And she lives in Mandra. She can highly recommend the variety Minnesota Midget. She said you can purchase these from Diggers Club or directly from her. So I have an email address here. They are prolific, soft fleshed, aromatic and very sweet smelling and tasting. And they actually detach themselves from the vine when they are ripe. So you can you can't get the harvest wrong. The fruit is small, which makes it a perfect serving size. And I hope this helps. And I just had visions of growing rock melons up a trellis and being mm. supported by pantyhose or a bra yeah. because if they do detach, they fall and you don't want them falling and smashing Boom. open. So mm. you need to support them. There's a tip. Okay. <laughs> Minnesota magic, was it? Or midget? Midget, Minnesota midget. There you go. So thanks for that, Sarah. Yeah. All right. And uh, another reminder for our Rainbird Sensor competition, we simply ask you to go to our gardening at Curtin FM 
page, gardening at curtainfm.com.au. That's our email for the gardening show. Register your details. Must be a Curtain FM member not to have won a prize in the last 28 days. And this baby could be yours. And a big, huge thanks to Tim Robinson from Rainbird Australia. And, of course, uh, our lovely Eva Ritchie from the WA Turf Growers Association assisted us in organising that. This is valued at more... Over, start again. This is valued at more than $800. It's a fantastic eight-station domestic irrigation control, all operating on Wi-Fi, including a dongle and a wireless rain sensor. Rainbird, the intelligent use of water. If you would like to win this, you have to be in it to win it. You must register your details at gardening at curtainfm.com.au. And we will be drawing it next week live on the show. We're not going to pick anyone out. We're just going to draw it on the show that's the easiest way and the fairest way and anyone that's entered the competition previously for another irrigation controller we're going to put you in that draw as well how does that sound sounds good sounds to me. fair fair How to exciting. midly we've been very spoilt with prizes to give away in the last few well, weeks. well we've given away we today over a thousand dollars worth of product on on the show so how's that not bad not that's bad. amazing that's called race santa claus i feel like it i feel <laughs> yeah. like it the last few weeks it's been intense yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay we'll have a short break We've got time for a couple of more phone calls uh back shortly Curtain Radio. You're tuned into Let's Talk Gardening on Curtain Radio. Coming up at 10am, George Minoldi with the classic 60s and then Brendan T from 12 noon. So big lineup after the gardening program today for you. And don't forget, if you'd like to win the Rainbird Australia irrigation controller, all you have to do is email your details to gardening at curtainfm.com.au and next week we'll be picking a name out of our watering can live on air. Curtain members only, more than $800 worth of product, so get cracking. Alright, now I know Daryl Darren, you had something more that you'd like to add, please. Yeah, so uh, I'm asking the public again um, to help um, us. We're doing the um, yearly um, tomato potato psyllid survey um, ah. And we're looking for the disease CLSO, LSO, and by not having a disease, we get freer exports to the other states. So, um, anybody, especially anybody in the Swan LG, Swan and Coburn LGAs, if they're interested, they could um, send in photos of their tomato plants or chili plants if they think they've got TPP, and we'll have a look at them on My Pest Guide Reporter. And if they have and they want to be involved, we'll uh, provide a a new tomato plant oh. and some traps and some uh, postal um, uh, envelopes they can send back and we just want people to put these traps next to their tomatoes or this new one um, for a week at a time for four weeks and just send them back in the post and we'll let you, let them know what we found on the on the traps and we squash all the little psyllids and we look for the bacteria and if we don't have the bacteria then we can keep exporting a lot of our produce to the east coast um, without further restrictions. And, and you're targeting Coburn? And Swan LGA. Yeah, so they're, they're the local shires, yeah, Coburn yeah. and Swan. So and you Swan. can get a free tomato plant? Yes. Do you have to give it back? No, they can keep it, yeah. <laughs> For participating? Yeah. yeah that's nice. Mm. Yeah. What sort of tomato will it be? <laughs> oh, well, growing. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Only mm. the lucky people have them. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, Daryl. So, Faye, what would you like to add? Oh, I could do one more email. Up. Got about five minutes we can play. Okay. 
This is from Pamela and she has a sister who has roses in Armadale that are looking lovely. But her sister has said that she would like to take them out because she's annoyed with the black spot and has tried everything to get rid of them. I'm trying to encourage her to keep them as roses are so lovely and forgiving and she would um, she wants some help. So what can you suggest if everything isn't working, Daryl? Black spot on roses. Yeah. <clears throat> so some varieties are just more susceptible, exactly. and you are pushing it uphill. Yeah, and to and win like, that all, like all these things. So some of the softer fungicides. I'm I'm not a fun, mm. I'm not a good pathologist. Right answer. Yeah, yeah but but um, <laughs> but some of the fungicides uh, are expensive and hard to get hold of, which will do a really good job. The other ones that you can buy for most backyarders, they're softer. So you've got to not just put them on once, you've actually got to be diligent and actually make sure when the roses are susceptible that you go out there and apply, yeah, whether it's this, whether you're applying wettable sulfur or whatever else you're doing, you've got to actually keep it up. And if you get a rainfall event or something like that, or irrigation, um, you've got to go out and reapply. So mm. watering is very important too in this space. So watering in the morning rather than night, that allows the plant to dry out? Yeah. That yeah, those and and not water the foliage, water water the ground around it, and those sorts unless of things. you've got chili thrips. Oh right, then you want the humidity up. Yeah, so we didn't mention chili thrips. It's today. a minefield, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, go so. and quickly, just tell us. Um, We're getting lots of reports of chili thrips, but most yeah. of them are turning out not to be chili thrips. Everybody's gun shy at the moment. I yeah. think chili thrips are still, whether they come back this year or not, it depends. This hot weather might be. Bad for chili strips. Mm. It might be even better for chili strips, but mm. they like it, don't I know. think, don't they? Yeah, mm. I know. Don't say that. Don't say uh, that. Yeah, okay. but anyway, uh, there's a we've got a great website. It's got all the information on it for chili strips. So, is it found on other plants across mm. Perth? Are you getting reports of yes, it? Yes, we've had um, grapevines. We've had reports, and I've even had somebody reckons they've got it in frangipanis. I yeah. did wonder. We did wonder, there didn't we, Ray? Because we did see a really what we thought bad was chili sign. Mm. Yeah, but on, on one. Yeah, there's lots of there's lots of thrips species. Mm. So yeah, yes, of course. Yeah. And yeah, so but that was a, a well-informed person that told me that the frangipanis was they were suffering. So uh-huh. so yeah. if there's distorted leaves, because yes. I did see one um, posted this morning actually, mm. and I wondered if. If that yeah. might be the case, and the, I'm getting yes, the crinkly look, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so thrips. We'll just go with thrips. Thrips, yeah, because Western flower thrips is in that space too. Mm. But you know, the chili thrip season for what has the is coming on to us now. Okay, starting now. Starting now. So, okay, but it has already started. Yes, but yeah, when it's it, going to get worse. When, well, let's say peak thrips. Peak, peak season. Peak <laughs> so. So our message to listeners is to get out there with a hose in the middle of the day, Mm. give them a squirt because Mm. they like a dry environment. So if you change the environment, not only are you creating the humidity that the plants in the garden like, you are helping inhibit drips. Yeah. So spraying and misting. It may not be enough. Yeah, it's worth a try. It's worth doing that rather than investing in insecticides. There's a lot of good bugs out at the moment. There is, yes. I hear you. I'm with you. I but found is, you sound like you're at attention. No, but every everybody wants a quick fix. This these we yeah, live in a well, world of quick do. fixes. It's not good enough. We've got an environment to save. We've got native bees. There's praying mantises. There's little birds everywhere. 
I'm just telling you the attention span of most people is Correct. I want it fixed now. That's right. Mm. Yeah, that's that's the well, thing. Don't come here for an answer. Don't come. Don't come here if you don't want my opinion. No, that's no, not quite no, right. Yeah. I do my best. And yeah, I know. And, and look, yeah, mm. and some people, yeah, they they will invest the time, and others will go. No, it's coming out all too hard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's right. That's right. Daryl, thank you so much for yeah, coming in this morning and sharing your invaluable time with us, giving up your weekend. Oh, well, it's only an hour or so, so it's and, great. Uh, and it's been great fun as usual. Thanks. Thank you, thank you. so, so much. And a sharing, sharing with our listeners all the things that are going on at Deepert. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, very, very informative. And also thanking our previous guests, we had Adrian Richardson talking about the Blenditarian movement, which is about mushrooms and mints, which got all our mouths watering. Thank you, Faya Cara and Bev Daring and John Glidden. Uh, now, just once more, once more for for the listeners, if you would like to win a Rainbird eight-station domestic irrigation controller worth more than $800, you must email your details to gardening at curtainfm and next dot com dot au i should say Kurt, gardening at curtainfm.com.au next week we're picking a winner out of our watering can it will happen live on air you must be a curtain fm member not to have won a prize in the last 28 days valued at more than 800 dollars worth of product guys if you want a serious smart irrigation controller for your garden and they do make life so so much easier and it's going to help you save water on your garden as well rainbird the intelligent use of water get cracking everybody because this is the last time we get to mention it to you all right my gardenism for the morning is i am a tree hugging flower sniffing animal kissing planet loving dirt worshipper and proud of it True, all of the above. George Minoli next with the classic 60s. Keep cool, everyone out there. Appreciate your company this morning. Take care. See you soon. We hope you've enjoyed listening to another edition of Let's Talk Gardening on Curtain Radio. Happy gardening.